Welcome to Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak, where we explore the tools and tactics that drive improvement. If you're hungry for more and better, if you want to move past hype and discuss how, you're in the right place. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine. For this episode, I have my good friend, Dr. Christopher Chappelle. Dr. Christopher Chappelle is the founder and pastor of the Grace Community Christian Church in Kennesaw, Georgia, and they have a second location in Austell, Georgia. Both of these are the southeastern area of the United States. Grace Community Christian Church grew from an initial eight members in 2002 to over 2,800 members in the last 18 years. Deemed a modern-day Nehemiah by building lives and families and better community, Dr. Chappelle has served as a bridge builder between business, government, community, and the church. In 2021, he launched jail cells to classrooms, allowing inmates to experience the opportunity to build their own business. In 2019, he launched the Faith Bible Institute, where he still serves as the founder, president, and chancellor. In 2017, he got the Barack Obama Presidential Humanitarian Award, which was cataloged in the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C., 2016, he got an, a Religious Affairs Award from the NAACP. 2014, he got an Author's Award for his second book. He's got four books. You need to check his stuff out. And he serves as a businessman, entrepreneur, author, conference speaker, prophet, pastor, record producer, songwriter. And this has taken him all over, not just the American states here, but Canada, Israel, Africa. Man, this guy's phenomenal. He attended the University of Alabama at Birmingham, where he majored in business, concentrated in marketing, then went on to get a certificate of theology from Interdenominational Theological Center in Atlanta, has an honorary doctorate in theology from St. Thomas Christian College in Jacksonville, Florida. And beside all his awards, he tells me that his greatest award is being husband to Lennon, his soulmate and business partner, and he's father to his five daughters, Christy, Kara, Lauren, Kayla, and Brittany. And man, this guy's phenomenal, and I get a chance to hang out with him in a men's group that we call King's Community. So you're going to really enjoy talking with my friend, Chris Chappelle. All right, Chris, it is good hanging with you, my friend. We've gotten to do some fun things over the years, man. We've been, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, we've been yeah. all over the country doing some cool stuff, my brother. You know, you guys and the Kings community is oh. an amazing, an amazing group of guys. Yes, and uh, listen, I am just in awe of the diversity of the group, mm. but then also some of the uh, just insights that we get, some of the nuggets we get that are really unscripted. Mm. And uh, mm. I brag about the group. You yeah. guys, you guys challenge me. Mm. And uh, I think that's what kings should do. We should challenge each other. Yes. And uh, to become the best version of ourselves. And yes. so uh I'm really stoked about us and this conversation that we have. Yeah, brother. Uh, today. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, that's a good segue into what we're going to talk about because I know a lot of guys who and women, right? They get to this level of leadership, kings and queens. And they, they quote unquote arrive, right? Yeah, like yeah. they coast and they're like, I made it. And there's a lot of Kings who don't let anyone challenge them anymore. Yeah, right? Yeah, they use yeah, their yeah. authority as a shield to protect themselves yeah. from uncomfortable yeah. conversations. Dude, you lean into that stuff. It is beautiful to see how you throw down 
and not in an angry way, like as in an intellectually curious, like, no, no, let's really figure this thing out, man. Um, yeah. So I can tell you that I'm excited about what you're going to talk about because because this is a, not only a passion of mine, I've seen it in your life, man. We, yeah. I want to talk to you about self-awareness and kind of yeah. how you think about yourself and how you show up. And we got the overview of your story, but dude, you live this, right? You just keep kind of leveling up every year that I know you over the decades, your story is one of, of real shifts. So, like, can we just go back, right? Were you always someone who really was very self-aware? Where did that start for you? Was that a part of your family growing up? Like, uh, yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm excited you asked that question. It's because um, this self-awareness came through what I call exposure. Ooh, okay. You know, when I go back and um, I, someone sent me a picture of my family's business back in Birmingham, Alabama. That's my home. Okay. Uh, we call it the Magic City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it seemed like it has lost its magic. Uh, I was going to say. But, yeah. uh, a friend sent me a photo about, I guess, about eight or nine years and it showed me the building where I was exposed to um, operating my dad's business. I was 14 mm. years old when I started. He would make us come work in his business during the summer. I mean, what was his and business? Then after, it was an upholstery company. Okay. We okay. refurbished airplanes, Marriott uh, hotels, and all yeah, of those yeah. kind of things. But it was through that exposure. And one day, I've got this thing that came into me and says, listen, you know, if OSHA had been monitoring us from all the paint fumes and things of that nature, <laughs> they would have closed us down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No yeah. ventilation, no ventilation. Oh, so you man. Blue and dust and everything. But it was at that moment that I decided, you know, that thank you for exposing me to the business practices. <laughs> but I did not want this to be part of my life forever. Yeah. Working in this kind of environment. Yeah, so that's when the idea of repositioning myself for incredible living, that self-awareness that, listen, I got to reposition myself mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. this will not be my cement <laughs> concreted in. That's right. That's right. Listen, the, uh, the business was good, though. The business yeah, was yeah. good. And no disrespect to your dad. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing. But part of self-awareness, I think, is knowing what you don't want to do. And there you go. For me, at least that came first, right? I didn't yeah. know what I did want to do, yeah. but I started realizing, oh, it, whatever it is, it ain't that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's And And that's so good. that whole idea of self-awareness kind of really found itself in me. Yeah. And uh, really was what I call the launching pad. It cleared me to take off. Ooh, and uh, when I look around this self-awareness, when I see others, I I'll never forget, I was on a tarmac in uh, Detroit mm. and I uh, just finished this big television broadcast deal. And, mm -hmm. and I was sitting on the tarmac and I saw people that were taking off and I saw people that were landing. Mm. And when I was there waiting my turn, I say, it's got to be my turn soon because we have been mm -hmm. sitting for a while. But that caused me to recognize that, you know, you have to put yourself in a position to take off. Hmm. And uh, it's no fun watching everybody else take off and land <laughs> yeah. and you're just sitting in a holding pattern on the tarmac. <laughs> so yeah. that's why that whole premise of my life just really began to just take, you know what? I've got to put myself in position hmm. so that when it's my turn, I don't have to get ready. Yeah. And, uh, as, as my mama would say, you know, with my podcast that I'm working on now, it's called Daddy Said. My Daddy Said. It's, yes. And he would always say stuff like this, son, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Ooh. And so that's what self-awareness is all about, is recognize <laughs> that, hey, my number's being called 
And uh, when the coach wants to put me in the game, listen, I got my helmet on. I don't have to find it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've, I've been practicing and I've been waiting for this moment. So yeah. That's, so you, that's the I love that. Um, one of my mentors was true Kathy, the founder yeah, of Chick-fil-A. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, to work that's... with him in his final years. And he kept saying, be ready for unexpected opportunities. Wow. You can't control when the opportunity's coming, Woo. but you can be ready, right? Hey, uh, Scott, can I add something to that? Yeah, yeah. You know, my background, of course, is I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm a pastor by, yeah. by trade. But one of the things I always tell people is that when God schedules your opportunity, Ooh. if you miss it, he's not obligated to reschedule. Mm. <laughs> oh, so true, man. You know, if you if you miss it because you're not ready that means like if a business opportunity to come yeah. and you don't have the money stashed away mm -hmm. uh you know to get in on it or whatever the case you know think about how many times people have said well if i wish i had it i missed an opportunity because i didn't have it yeah and you don't get that you don't get that you, perhaps you may get that opportunity but you're not he's not obligated yeah yeah, I gotta yeah, be careful. I gotta be careful that my preaching voice. Uh, <laughs> hey, bring that it. You, that, that you don't miss the opportunity, and so that's where I am. I'm always ready. Yes, yes, and I think we we complain like, look at all those lucky people taking off, man. I wish my chance would come, yes. and it's like actually maybe the reason God isn't sending you a chance is because He knows you ain't ready yet. Either. Ain't ready. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, you know, okay, okay. So how do we actually get ready? Like. Part of this is this self-awareness. Um, how do we position ourselves? Well, I mean, what are those things you actually do? The way I get ready is I understand what I call a possibility mentality. Okay. Okay. I look and I thrive off the idea of that there is nothing that's impossible. Hmm. You know, what I love about living in Metro Atlanta, when I first came here, I think I moved here in 1994. Nice. And what I discovered about being in this city, that anything that my mind could conjure up, hmm. there was always somebody who was able to help me Ooh. to bring it to pass. Yeah. In other words, I think I think uh, you and I was having a conversation earlier about the idea that we cannot function at our highest level independently. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I think you said that as kings, we often try to function in our own private space, mm -hmm. uh, but no one has ever accomplished anything that is of major significance, not success, but Good. of major significance. Good. Yeah. You can make money else. on your own, but you can't yeah. really make a legacy and impact the world by holding up and just cranking out one little skill. If you yeah, want to really know. make a difference with your life. Yeah, so with people, it, it, it's that idea of recognizing possibilities. Yeah, and uh, think about all the things that we have thought about in our minds, but we didn't really embrace the possibility. And when someone else comes out with it, we say, "Oh man, oh. I should have had a V eight. <laughs> yes, exactly. uh, yes, I should have exactly. had a V eight because it was there, and I, but I did not have the yes. boldness or yes. the uh, uh, foresight or the insight." To say, hey, listen, here's an opportunity, and I've got to seize this moment in the moment of the opportunity. Oh, I, I, there's a book, a video game, and yeah. like a, a home fix-it tool that I like. 
totally had plans for and yeah. then didn't do and somebody else did it and it went huge and I'm like oh I would I would have written that book um, hey, but you know this idea of um, I like to call it uh, our overarching theme today as we're we're doing this podcast is about self-awareness but mm-hmm. you know I've deemed a repositioning mm. for for incredible living repositioning right. and the reason Unpacked I say it. the yeah, reason yeah. I say repositioning you know when you go back and look over over time, and, uh, you know, when, when I was growing up, you know, they had 78. I'm, I'm Listen, I'm the oldest guy in the Kings group. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you guys, you know, I still remember our last gathering. You know, they said, man, you've seen all the eras of basketball. Old school, you know, unk, that's you right. know, that slang, you know, that lets you know, uh-huh. reminds you how old you are. But at 58, I think I'm feeling my best. I'm looking my best and I'm functioning at my highest level. But I remember this thing called, they had records. They were vinyl. Yeah. And uh, from vinyl, we went to uh, eight track. Oh, yeah. And then from eight track, we went to cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. And from cassette tapes, we went to, uh, what's it now? CDs. And from Mm -hmm. CDs, we went to MP3 downloads and things of that nature. With the vinyl, you know, every now and then when your needle would get stuck in the groove, yeah, they would take we would take a quarter and put a quarter on top of the needle so that the uh, needle would move to the next song mm. so that they wouldn't get stuck in the groove. And I find what I'm finding out is that so many people get stuck in a groove mm. and sometimes life puts you in a pressure Ooh, you have to put yeah. some weight on life. You know, you have to put some weight on it. My assignment doing this podcast is to put some weight on somebody, some pressure on on somebody to move them out of their groove so that they can get to their next. And it's so (laughs) easy to be in that mindless rut, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your day's full of activity. You got tasks, you get to work and you got kids or you got the neighbor and the pets and you just, you kind of wake up and realize, man, this isn't what I was made for. I've been in that place where yeah, yeah. I was doing a career early on and I was, it was working. I was getting, you know, the promotions and the money and the stuff, but it was also like, this was not who I was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's all this inertia to just keep doing it. Cause everyone else around me is doing it. Well, if you don't bump your needle, that's what I call it. I'm on. If we don't bump the needle, then we lose our creativity. Mm. And when you lose your creativity, you lose your productivity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I need to make sure that uh, I go back and listen to the podcast because I've got, <laughs> I've got to include that in a new book that I'm working on. That's good stuff. Yeah. I, I have this experience often. My wife was actually teasing me about it the other day because I got super excited. Like, oh, I just said something. I was like, I got to write down what I just said. And yeah. Like, yeah. What are you, you're impressed by your own stuff. I'm like, I'm surprised by my own stuff. <laughs> well, you know, that's what I love about the Kings group. Yeah. It's okay for us to say, man, that's, uh, that was a powerful statement that I made. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, I just did a phenomenal job. I knocked it out the box. Yeah. And it lets me know that I'm I'm in a safe zone mm-hmm. that I can realize that I'm I don't have to worry about others being intimidated <laughs> by our significance. Notice I keep using that word significance. That is good. Yeah. Because everybody won't you you cannot what does it mean to have success, but I'm not significant? Mm. Mm. You know, and so you know, we want to be difference makers. Yes, we so do. We're we're repositioning ourselves to see how can I how can I be make a difference in my family? How can I make a difference in the lives of my children? 
How can I make a difference with my uh, with my coworkers or my employees? Mm-hmm. Or how can I make a difference, you know, in my community? That's what life is all about. Yes. Yeah. You know, seeing how can we make a difference? So we must be aware. Am I making a difference? Mm-hmm. Or am I just living to to make myself proud? Yeah, a hundred. It's so important. This is one of the questions to ask ourselves. Uh, and I find I have to make myself sit down and think about it. It's easy to not not go there to know. Oh, I got to figure this out. But I just, I mean, wake up call. I just earlier today had a coaching call with a client. He is a high level executive of a very successful, fast growing company. He's one of the the C suite guys. He just had his 60th birthday and in the process of thinking through what he wants to do and who he wants to be, he's realized, in fact, he's known, we've been talking for over a year that he really doesn't love what he does. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's good at it. He makes really good money at it. And yet he knows this isn't really what he wants to do. And he had his 60th birthday just over the weekend, had a big party. And I was like, what's it feel like? And milestone birthdays often make us stop and reflect, right? What's Where am I at? Some self-awareness moments. And my honest, after talking with him for just even 15 minutes, I said, man, how much more of your years? Because he's like, man, he just realizes I don't have unlimited years, right? We all know we're going to die, but we like, most of us don't think about it. And then he comes back around and like, how many more years do you want to waste on a job that who cares how much money you're getting paid? You don't like your job. Right. And that wake up call is to say, man, I, I, so he's in the middle of trying to figure this repositioning thing out. He's like, I, so what we actually did is this a little bit half crazy is we said, January 1st. One way or the other, you're out of this company on January 1st. And wow. he can do some freelance stuff. He's going to try to find another job. But it wasn't like, let's find a job. Because for over a year, he's sort of been half looking, keeping his eyes open, had a couple interviews. Nothing perfect happened. And it was like, how many more years are you going to waste interviewing just in case? Like, just be done and figure it out. So, man, I, I got to tell you, the load that came off of him, the light at the end of the tunnel when he was just willing to say, I'm going to shift who I am and I'm going to start doing what I actually love to do. It's a powerful thing. Okay. So let's say we got a guy like this. What What's your advice? Like, how do we do this? What do you tactically do to recognize when you're in this moment, position yourself for the next moment? Like, what does it look like? Well, the very first thing is visualization. Okay. Okay. Explain. You've got to begin to visualize the good mm-hmm that you desire to do, mm-hmm. the, the good that you desire to have and the good that you desire to become. Okay. It starts with visual visualization. You know, I, I kind of studied on that word, but we're not looking for perfection. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're Yeah. In fact, you know, we're, we're real here, but see, and, and that's what I need people to understand yeah. That sometimes we we go out of our ways to try to be so precise and, perfe- I, and perfect. And it's perfect for what we're talking about is because a lot yeah. of people won't start that because they don't know the final answer. Right. They're not sure it's going to be correct. And so they're they're waiting until the perfect version comes out. And it's like, no, start with the sloppy half, you know, the 50% you do know and just start figuring and it you, out. You know what I've discovered um, where I am now, um, I started our church 20 years ago with a hundred dollar bill <laughs> and, it, and, I had, and I had no idea. I had no, no idea that out of that, that I would birth a school, a university that people mm-hmm. could earn their degrees and things. I had no idea 
of the global outreach and impact that we would have sharing with uh, business leaders in Johannesburg and, and mm. they're sitting to listen to me. What I'm saying is that we find out and discover more along the way than we do from the beginning. Yes. You don't have to ha listen. Somebody's listening to us right now. And I wish they could see us, but they could see the <laughs> smile on my face and excitement and your face blushing with enthusiasm and excitement. Yeah, man. You know, I, I, so many times we, we think we have to know all the answers. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Wright brothers didn't have all the answers when they began to fly their plane. They didn't even have a pilot's license. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> no such thing existed. But they had a visualization. Yes, they did. Somebody's listening who's now. You said this gentleman is 60. I'm 58. Mm -hmm. And here is the danger of not becoming self-aware. Mm. I remember growing up, there was a supermarket called A&P. Yeah. And um, they're no longer around mm. because they were stuck in a groove mm. and then realized that they needed to make a shift. Yeah. You think about Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. I literally was just thinking Buster, about it. They had an opportunity with Netflix. Netflix said, hey, listen, let's get away from these DVDs. And we've got an idea about streaming. Blockbusters rejected the idea of repositioning. And guess what? They're no longer in business. Yeah. So whether you're an individual. And so we've got to begin to treat ourselves like a corporation. Mm. Mm. If yes. We don't reposition ourselves and look around and say, you know, uh, the dynamics are shifting. Mm. You know, our approach to the way we do ministry now, it has shifted. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I thank God that he gave me the foresight ahead of time to realize that streaming would be the way. Mm. Yeah. You need that in person. Even my doctor's office now, a lot of times they'll say, hey, we'll just do a video conference with right, you. Right. And so right. you don't necessarily have to go in all the time. And, you know, that saves people time. It saves money for the physicians, for the facilities and all these things. Mm. So we must position ourselves to, hey, guess what? I've got to visualize that there's a difference. There's a there's a preferred outlook that I desire. Mm. And I understand my visualization then changes into meditation. Now it's on my mind. Okay. You know, there was a rapper that said, you probably heard this, you know, before you became all family, man, you probably heard this. I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. I, I have heard that one. Uh, yes. So what I'm saying is that, you know, it's like a person goes by automobile, you go look at it and you say, you know what, now that I've looked at it everywhere I go, I see this particular automobile. Yeah, totally. Why? Because the visualization has now triggered your, your meditation. Now you're meditating on that. I've got to make this move. Mm. Now I've got to make this move. I see others. Now I believe that it is my time. So that's what I believe. It starts with visualization. Then you get to the place of meditation. Then it requires that I'm willing to take proper actions mm. and so because you, not any action will do but i've got to have proper actions you know katherine johnson was the first african-american engineer for a nasa nice. and they had this thing go no go okay. and she said i believe that if i put in the effort to get the right calculations that we would not be satisfied with just landing anywhere mm. <laughs> Come on. you cannot be satisfied with just landing anywhere. That's why I use the term proper actions. Yeah. Because you can say, I'm doing something, but we, it's not that you haven't been taking actions, but we must make sure that I'm doing enough of the right actions. Yeah. Because you can be on a treadmill, you, you're turning, 
but you're not moving. You're not, nothing is changing. Activity is not the same thing as actually being effective. Uh, Oh my goodness. You can Can you say that again? Activity activity is not the same as being effective. You You, know, in the church, in the African-American church, we say, say that one more time. Say that, say that. that. Uh, Activity is not the same (laughs) as effectiveness. I have been really busy and woke up and nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then I found one thing that opened the doors and tipped the scales. Um, Yeah. That level of insight. It's, you know, this reminds me, um, Abraham Lincoln famously said, if you asked me to chop down a tree and gave me six hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first four sharpening the ax. Yeah. Yeah. This visualization and meditation and self-awareness and prep like this, this process of getting yourself ready when it comes time to act, then your actions have effectiveness instead of yeah. the guy who just isn't spending any thought, isn't getting ready for the unexpected opportunity. Um, but you know, some, somebody else is listening to the podcast and uh, I listen, I am inspired myself <laughs> and, uh, you know, by what I'm hearing, because this is all unscripted. I mean, you, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's just in us. Right. And uh, we have lived through some things, mm-hmm. you know, someone now perhaps is saying, you know what, you know, my spirit has been crushed. I'm disappointed, mm-hmm. um, discouraged, mm-hmm. but I really believe that it is out of our darkest moments that the best of us is revealed. Mm-hmm. And that's very important that you don't allow your discouragement to discount you. Yeah. That you don't allow your, your spirit being crushed to eliminate you from the promises of possibilities Yes, because you know, you know, I'm an avid golfer. I'm not a great golfer, but I love golf. Yeah. And I heard a commentator say during the British open that a golfer will, will lose more rounds than they win. Yeah. Golfer does not stop playing because he loses more than he wins. Listen, if you win three tournaments out of the year, you're a phenomenal golfer. (laughs) That's right. That's right. But you play every week. Yes. So in life, we will lose more than we win. Mm. The question is how you respond in those moments when it doesn't look like you're winning. Mm. And that's what causes me to reassess my self-awareness. Maybe I need to change my grip. Maybe I need to be more mentally tough. Maybe I just need to get back off the mat where I've been knocked down and say, you know what? Okay. Okay. I got some Vaseline on my eyes. I've been yeah, beat up. Yeah, that's right. But I'm still, I'm getting back in the ring. Mm. And here's my, here's, here's a statement. Then I'm going to be quiet as long as I can. <laughs> but every boxer has a cut man. Mm. Person in the corner who gets in their ear and tell them, champ, even though their eyes are swollen, mm-hmm. champ, you got some more fight in you. Mm. Come on, champ. Remember, you need someone in your ear who can remind you of your greatness. Mm. Ah! Mm. <laughs> you need somebody in your ear who can remind you that yes. you have been training for this moment. Yes. You need somebody in your life to tell you, stand up. You got some more fight in you. Yeah. And so that's what being self-aware is all about. Don't, yes. don't, I gotta finalize. Say don't finalize your failures. I love this because... I can tell you, my bias, I think a lot of people's bias is when we talk self-awareness, we skew towards, let's talk about how messed up I am, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. let me sit around and sit with a journal and like just <laughs> like my messed up soul and my heart and I biffed this and I'm not, 
But, but it's as equally important that you get someone who gets in your ear and it's like, yeah, but you are also really good at this. Yeah, yeah, you have, yeah. This is something you've been working. You have trained for this. You have a gift for this. You have a calling for this. And I think you talk about repositioning. It's easy to say, hey, where I'm stuck, I'm stuck. But man, the gifts in us have an expression that is both life-giving to us and the world. And if you haven't found it yet, that's not because there's not a place for you. It just means you haven't found it yet. And yeah, so yeah. I, I love this. Like, don't settle for um, a, a routine that's just kind of rhythm and basics. And I guess it's not the worst, right? Like, yeah, yeah. there is a, an incredible life available and you already have the some of the innate, innate materials. Now, that doesn't mean you don't got to work for it, right? right. You got to build it. And, and there's going to be maybe a path to walk. But, man, I, finding somebody that can speak that into you. I, I will tell you, let me get real tactical. I've got a few friends, some of these guys like you in King's Community. We've had these conversations. And one of the, the powerful ones, Jonathan Crabb, a mutual friend of ours, yeah, actually yeah. Mm-hmm. had him on the podcast. So he's got an episode on here, yeah. too. But he he asked it this way. He said, all right, what's your superpower? Well, then he flipped it. And he said, actually, no, no, no. We need to all say what, what Chap's superpower is. Yeah. I mean, what, what What's he actually good at? Because what we found is you might actually be one of the last people to realize your talents. Because right. all the time I do this, people and people have now been doing this for a few years, and they'll be like, well, I mean, yeah, I'm good at that. But like, who isn't, right? Like, that's normal. And the rest of us will be like, dude, none of us can do that. Yeah. You think it's because you don't know any other way of being but you. Right. You don't realize how gifted you are. Yeah. And getting an outsider to come in and say, man, when you do this, it lights up the room. When you do right. this, you're better at it than any. You can pull this off with less effort than anyone I know. And so maybe getting somebody to be your, your cut man, right. Yeah, to come yeah, in and say, yeah. Hey, where am I a champ? What am I actually good at? Because yeah. again, I might be the last person to recognize it because it feels normal to me. Well, you know, oftentimes when things don't pan out the way we had hoped, hmm. or it looks like our career is floundering, or it looks hmm. like our home life is not doing well, or whatever yeah. the case may be, we become shamed. Oh, yeah. shame. Totally. And, uh, you know, we really don't want anyone else to know. And so we find ourselves in dark places. Mm-hmm. And that's why you cannot afford to isolate yourself. Yeah. And, um, you know, you just need somebody who can say, you know what? I remember a time in my life when you were there for me, a time in my life. You remember you said this to me. It's like taking your own medicine. <laughs> and uh, yes. you know you got everybody else's answers you got a solution for everybody else's problems mm. but it looks like when it comes to yours you don't have and all you need somebody to do is just to push that one button that says aha mm-hmm. you know the light comes on now you begin to remember your victories and you begin to remember the the things and you say man i forgot i did that oh i did that oh really yes. i had that assignment it went well that project was you know was was off the charts you i remember and so sometimes we just have to remember those victories yeah well, one of the exercises my life coach put me through 20 years ago when i was trying to figure yeah. out my own life i went through a massive repositioning back then yeah. is he went me back and he said go back through the moments in your life when you were the most satisfied yeah. Just write down a few thoughts on them, you know, bullet points, a little paragraph. What are those moments that just jump out at you? And the discipline of going back year by year and figuring that stuff out. 
And then what he did is he went, walked through it and said, look for the patterns. Where are the themes? And there might be, there might be two or three different themes, right? They don't all exactly the same, but, but they did, they all clustered for me. There's a, there's four or five of them that look like this and three of them that all had this in common and mm-hmm. began to kind of identify, um, which for me, one of those was, um, man, I, I love the whole creative process, like coming up with new things and, right. and discovery and, and building and that whole like creating. And so that showed up all over the place. What I did, what I did not like was maintenance. Uh, I'm not the guy you want to like make sure that the machine runs on time and all the details. That's me. That's me. Like, oh man, new ideas, get it off the ground. Heck yeah. Now that it's smooth, want me to run it day in a day. Now, wait, dude, I've got folks on my team that are phenomenal at that. And I have like mad respect for what they do. I, I just couldn't do it. I do not have that. And they're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, this is easy. You just run a bunch of systems and trains come on time. And I, but they say to me like, oh man, I didn't come up with the ideas you come up with. And so it's really interesting to, but I didn't realize that at the time I was trying to build a career in an industry that was known how you won in that industry was execution. Yeah. thousand times a day, you produce the same product, tiny bit better. Just try to be precise at that. Literally a thousand products a day, just crank, 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 crank. And I can do that, but it, it cost me 10 times the effort and it didn't give me half the joy that right. this other stuff did. So trying to figure out like, okay, who am I? What are the things that, that I come to life in? Oh, wait, everybody doesn't do that. Okay. Then what are the paths and careers and positions where that is the way you win versus like, just, I guess I'll show up and try to be like everyone else, even though that's not my natural wiring. Um, yeah. 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 You know, for me, uh, one of the things that um at 58 really having a successful ministry for uh, 20 years mm-hmm. uh, being challenged COVID really put us through a, a oh, challenging yeah. moment. Brutal for, um, for churches. But what I what I realized, though, out of everything is that I had to begin to reimagine the future. Hmm. I began to see the future different. It's like a few years ago, I was going to Louisville, Kentucky, and um, this particular time I drove and uh, I went by the Corvette Museum and I realized that it had closed. Hmm. I pulled up and said, well, why, why are you guys closed? I say, well, we came in this morning and the, the flooring had collapsed. Oh, man. What they said to me was um, there was a sinkhole. But what happened was the sinkhole did not happen just abruptly. It was happening over time Mm. and they were not aware. And so the reason what one of the things that I've, I've discovered is we must continuously check our foundation. Yes. Yes. Because, you know, if you find yourself sinking, the, the sinking sensation didn't just happen. The hole didn't just appear. It was something that was happening. Oh. If we don't reposition or, or, or do those self-awareness tests that many of us don't like, many people, when they go to, to the doctor to get their blood pressure checked, they have to let you sit there for a moment because many people get anxious. And, That's you right. Know, so get all stressed out. For a moment, yeah. you know. But if you don't do that, when you find yourself bottom out, you'll realize that it didn't just happen all of a sudden. This is good because because this isn't like I did it once. Now I can move on. This is right. a, an it's ongoing no pattern. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a discipline. Yeah. Because, man, that sinkhole metaphor is just striking me because it's not like the sinkhole isn't there as long as you don't pay attention to it, right? right. It doesn't right. go away it if you ignore away. it. <laughs> and so... 
you're, you're, in fact, I'll say this about myself. I've seen this with my own like interpersonal stuff where I've had blind spots or issues I didn't want to deal with. Eventually I realized like, oh man, I'm, everyone else sees me being this kind of an idiot. I'm the only one who doesn't know and won't admit it. It's not doing me any good to, to enforce my own ignorance because I, I think it'll feel bad. Like I'm already looking bad. I might as well be aware what's going on here. And so that regular discipline of getting away and talking and processing, maybe with my kings that are challenging me, maybe get alone and pay attention to like other sinking sensations in, in my yeah. heart, other areas in my life where I feel like the ground is dipping and I need to know what's going on. Like, okay, so let me let me maybe finish with this. What does that actually look like for you? What's the schedule? How often do you get away with whom? How do you, what do you actually do to kind of check in on this? I do it once a quarter. Okay. And um, I talk with my, believe it or not, I have adult children. Okay. Come on. And three of them are professionals. One is finishing college. Nice. And I like to get their take on number one, what's going on in their work environments. Mm-hmm. Because that allows me to get a photo of how others are perceiving their workplace and how I need to take a look at what's going on in my workplace, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we have to assess ourselves based upon other corporations and how they're functioning. Yeah. Yeah. Like benchmark against how other people are. There you go. Regardless, you know, I don't compare myself to the same ministries or whatever the case may be. I like to get a different take on it because and then the other thing i learned scott is that i never grade my own paper because i give myself an a <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> well i almost got that right uh-huh, that's that right. right almost yeah so i'm just going to go ahead and put a c i'm not going to x that out because this is what i meant you yeah, know yeah that's right that's right so here's a key i've learned to rest Mm. You know, at 58, I, my dad used to always tell me, son, you're not going to be able to always run and jump as high as you. I said, dad, I'll always be able to do that. Now, when you see me, I'm broke down, I'm limping, I'm bent over. I don't know. You you still schooled us the last time we tried to play racquetball. So, uh, you know, but my, my dad taught me that, you know, so I've learned the importance of rest. Um, I can underline that because there have been two vivid times in my life where I remember I was actually getting pretty discouraged thinking maybe I'm on the wrong path, sinking feeling. So I took a couple of days off, had planned in advance and I was just going to like think and pray and process. And, and, but I slept in because I was like, man, I just been working. I'm just going to sleep in. So I'm going to fresh mind after two mornings of sleeping in, I discovered I actually really love my work and I have no, I'm not discouraged. I was just exhausted. And so the physical space to kind of step away from all the tasks and just allow myself to, you know, sleep in, get some food, get outside, go for a walk and just feel my body come to life and then think, because I just have learned discouragement for me feels a lot like disillusionment with my purpose. It's not, uh, it, it honestly, it's just, I'm exhausted when I'm exhausted. I think, man, what's wrong with me? No, you just need sleep, man. Sometimes yeah. it just can I add, can I add something to that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, daddy said. Mm-hmm. He said to me, he says, he told me this story once. He says, hey, man, there was a guy who was at work and he went in and quit his job. Hmm. Two weeks later, he goes back to the place where he quit and he asks his boss, he says, if he could have his job back. Yeah. 
He passes a guy in the hallway who was coming out of his boss's office. He goes, boss, I would like to have my job back. He says, well, you know, the guy you just passed, I just hired him. Hmm. What's the moral of the story? All the guy needed was a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He became so mentally fatigued, he quit. Yes. And all he needed was a break. Two weeks later, he he was ready. <laughs> he overreacted when he was well, exhausted. Somebody's listening to us. Don't you quit yet? This is not your moment to quit. Yeah, that's a you difference. Just need some time to rest and re and retool. Yeah, that's a huge difference between. Yeah. No, I've put in the thought. I've put in the time, and in my yeah. healthy space, I know that there's something else for me. Versus, I'm yeah. just tired. Screw it all. Burn it all yeah. down. I quit. <laughs> right. That's, that's not life. That's not repositioning for incredible living. <laughs> no, 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 no. And so, uh, but you know, in, in our, in our time of self-awareness, we don't have all the answers mm-hmm. so with all of our intelligence. We don't have all the answers. So, Hey, listen, I am, I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful and that you thought well, about me. Let, let me end with this, this analogy. Cause that last one just triggers this for me. This one's been really powerful for my life. Um, I, I've learned, I used to think, man, I need the vision for my life. And it's like, I'm traveling through forest and I need to know like the place I'm supposed to set up, which like it, it's, there's, there's a perfect tree for me, right? Where's my tree. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I'm going along and God reveals and a, a tree kind of lights up, you know, the sun strikes it. And I'm thinking, that's my tree. And I get there and I start kind of building a life and, and career. And, and along the way I'm growing, I'm learning and, and I'm realizing actually this tree doesn't fit. And now there's another tree down the road. And the first thing that time that happened, right. I was like, oh, I must've missed it. I must've missed God's call on me. I totally blew it. That tree was wrong, but this tree, now I get to the second tree. And I start growing and learning. And while I'm yeah. there, I see something I didn't see from. And and what I've slowly come to realize is that life is not a, a pick one tree in camp. It is a tree to tree journey through the forest of life. Right. What God is often calling me to is the next tree. And I couldn't see the third tree until I made it to the second tree. Right. It's right, stuff right. I learned there that makes the third tree an option for me. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes it's like, man, I just need to make sure I'm making the most of the tree I've got so that when it's time, but then it's okay if you don't know the whole picture. Do you just know the next tree that you are called to? Do you know the next thing that's just like, hey, this is the next part of my path and I'll go there and I will learn everything I can from that part. And I'll also kind of hold it with an open hand, right? Like I'm not gripping it tight. Right. It may come a point when it says, okay. Now I want you to start a university, right? Right? Like, but I know that's not what you signed up for. But. Really, really. You know, uh, and and uh, I know our time is up, but this is just for somebody. Um, the reward for killing or solving a problem, the reward is there's another problem. That's <laughs> true. It's so true. <laughs> you know what I mean by David? He he slayed a lion and a bear. Mm-hmm. His reward was okay. Now let's see you slay this giant. Yeah, David had to face Goliath after all. And that. so after he faces, he's <laughs> rewarded. Now he's got to slay entire nations. Yeah, that's right. He goes to join <laughs> the king's army and starts fighting battles instead of his. So the reward stuff. of solving problems is you solve that problem. Never going to reward you with another problem because you have yes. proven yourself. Yeah. And so that's what, but at each level, each level, he's being repositioned. Ooh. 
each level he's being made aware he's what here's the heart of the meat of the of the podcast today yeah. each level he's being made aware of the king that's on the inside of you yes. and the greatness that has been afforded him and the privilege that we have mm. as a result of being able to solve problems <laughs> that's good man it's always awesome talking with you i'm gonna have to go back and listen to this one myself this yeah is yeah in here thanks brother I hope you enjoyed this episode of Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on life and leadership, you might want to sign up for my weekly newsletter at www.scottwozniak.com slash upgrade. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-O-Z-N-I-A-K dot com slash upgrade. You'll get a cool quote, a deep thought, and a recommendation for something that I use and love. It's not long and it should be fun. The theme is similar to this podcast, but it's not the same content. And if you're a leader who wants to build a legendary brand, you can check out my company's website to learn how we can help at www.swazconsulting.com. That's S-W-O-Z consulting.com. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine.